Hello, Believers. It's Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger Podcast. So let me hit you with a disclaimer, right? So when Childish Things came out a couple of episodes ago, I told you that you would probably need a strong drink after listening to that episode because it was so real and so visceral. And so here I am again to give you yet another disclaimer. This one is going to hit some of you very hard. This is going to be probably one of the most transparent episodes that I have ever given. Y'all are y'all are getting it all out of me in season six. I'm telling you like this, <laughs> as I look back at the episodes, I'm like, man, y'all are really pulling out the very depths of Dr. Shantae this season. And so this episode will be one of those episodes. And so hide your kids, hide your husband. I'm just playing. Um, but today's episode is all about why I am single. And for those of you who are married, you might be thinking like, oh, well, I got a man, I got a woman, you know, and so I don't need to listen to this episode. Oh, trust. Oh, trust. This episode really truly is about healthy relationships. And whether you are married or not married, it is essential that you have and are a part of a healthy relationship. And so I think that if nothing else, you will find out something about yourself. So our guiding scripture for today comes from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22. And it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. But don't come checking for me. Okay, I'm just I'm just going to be completely honest. Like, that's a great thing. And brothers, sisters, hey, you find a wife, you find a person that you love, a partner, you know, that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Boom, shakalaka, more power to you. I'm happy for you. But that's not about to be my life uh, anytime in the near future, unless the Lord says otherwise. And I'm going to explain and break that all down. So what we're going to be talking about in today's episode is relationship versus companionship, reflection, self-reflection that is, and reciprocity. So let's jump right into it. In general, I stay away from any sort of topic about relationships. And there's a reason for that. Have you noticed that? That like through six seasons, you know, I will talk about you and your personal development and your spiritual growth and what you need to do to build and grow and expand and to launch your brand. I've talked about everything but relationships. And there is a reason for that. And that is part and parcel because a healthy relationship requires trust and honesty. Okay. So in order for you to be in a relationship, you have to be willing to be truthful. You have to be willing to be honest. And I will tell you that more of us than we're willing to admit are not honest with ourselves. We're not truthful with ourselves. And so if you are not honest with yourself, you will not bring honesty into a relationship. And so a lot of times when you think about a situation or you think about how a, a relationship or a dynamic ended poorly, and if you have a narrative where the blame is all on one person, well, this person did this and this person said that and this and this and this and this and this, and this and you don't see yourself in there at all as having any measure of culpability or in any way shaping the dynamics that led to the demise of the end of that relationship or partnership, chances are you are lying to yourself. 
sometimes, you know, you, you are the victim and it's like nobody else's fault and, and, you know, people get done wrong. But more times than not, uh, people have more of a role to play in that than they're willing to admit. And so if people are not being truthful and honest with themselves, they are not going to be able to seamlessly transition that very necessary and essential component into a relationship. Or when they tell people about how a relationship ended, they are very clear on what the other person did, but seem to askew, you know, the role that they played. You know, I don't care how close you are with, you know, the people that you love and have in your circle or whatever. I have found that more times than not, there is almost always a hold card. A hold card is that one singular piece of information that while you may have said a lot of true statements, there's this one piece of truth that you just are not going to share because you are afraid of how you are going to come out looking in it, okay? So truth and honesty is required in a healthy relationship. A healthy relationship also requires healthy and respectful communication, okay? So relationships require healthy and respectful communication, meaning that even if there are disagreements, there's a way to disagree without being disagreeable. There's a way to, as the Bible says, be angry, but sin not. You know, you don't have to be calling each other all out the names and talking about people's mamas and, you know, just all that who shot John. You don't have to do all of that, okay? You don't have... To, to go for the jugular. You don't have to hurt people just because they hurt you and, you know, and, and vibrate in those what they call lower frequencies of hurt and pain and fear. And, and you don't have to do that. A healthy relationship requires healthy communication, okay? A way to be able to speak to one another and in a way that is respectful, but also in a way that brings conflict to a loving resolution. You know, in the Bible in Matthew 18, it says, if you have an issue with your brother, you should go to him in love in hopes of restoring the relationship. God is all about restoration. God is not about, you know, cooking the beef and sizzling the beef and keeping the beef. Uh-uh. God is, is, is not about that life. Okay. Like God is like, God even says, if you have an issue with your brother and you come bringing offerings to the church, God says, set your offering aside, go resolve things with your brother, and then come back and give me an offering, okay? But you cannot do that unless you have healthy and respectful communication. And if I'm being completely honest, a lot of us struggle with healthy communication of ourselves. Think about, I'm for real, I want you to one day sit down and think about all the negative things that you say to yourself about yourself. I am fat. I am old. I am struggling. I am never going to get that job or I am never going to be noticed or I am never going to have what I see people have on social media. Like uh, just think about all of the negative things that we tell ourselves about ourselves. And so when we don't have healthy communication with ourselves, then again, that competency is not going to translate seamlessly into a relationship. You don't know how to talk to yourself. So how are you going to be able to talk to somebody else in a loving and healthy, respectful manner in a relationship that is healthy? A healthy relationship requires compassion and understanding because you know what? We're not perfect. We don't always get it right. Sometimes we F it up. We F it up and to approach someone's F up from a place of superiority, like you never do anything wrong. Cause I've struggled with that. I have, have effed up in the past. I haven't always been honest in relationships. And then when somebody else is dishonest, then I'm ready to just like come off the top rope and be like, 
without having that same type of compassion. And so compassion and understanding, you know, and a measure of grace when people mess up is necessary in a healthy relationship because anybody that's been married for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, that relationship has not been a crystal stair. Okay. There have been some things that have had to be forgiven. There have had to be some things that people had to make peace with. There are some things where people had to choose love instead of fear, where they had to choose love instead of hurt. When they say love covers a multitude of sins, love covers a multitude of sins. And that generates from a place of compassion and understanding. A healthy relationship also requires a willingness to partner, okay? A willingness to partner. I will tell you, I have I have not always played nicely in the sandbox with others. Like, you notice how, like, I travel around the world, like, for the most part, like, by myself? <laughs> There's a reason for that. Because I'm not always willing to entertain someone else's agenda or someone else's indulgences, you know? Or, for example, if one person wants to, to lay by the pool and the other person wants to go out and sightsee, it is my personality that, hey, why not do both? You go lay by the pool and the other person go sightsee. But when you're in a relationship and that person wants to spend time with you, then you might have to compromise your desire to sightsee or, you know, compromise the desire to sit by the pool. And, you know, there's that give and take, you know, that willingness to compromise an agenda. And so there has to be a willingness to partner. And when I say partner, meaning that, you know, you don't just go off and do things on your own or go off and, and make life-changing decisions without consideration of the other person. When you are in a relationship, you have to be willing to partner, to walk in lockstep. Not you walk behind me or I walk behind you, but it's like we're going to walk side by side and we're going to have to create an agenda that jointly serves the relationship. And it doesn't mean that one person doesn't have separate interests and the other person doesn't have separate interests because in a ideal relationship, there are two whole and complete people coming together to just do life together and form this loving union, not two broken people or two half people and, oh, you complete me and all that who shot John. No, you know, a relationship is a partnership, okay? A healthy relationship is a partnership. It also requires mutual respect. And so you have to respect one another's gifts. You have to respect one another's beliefs, even if you don't necessarily agree with them. You have to respect those viewpoints, okay? You have to respect their desires and their wants and their wishes. You have to have respect for those things. And if we're being honest, sometimes we don't always have respect for ourselves. Like I have always said, your actions will always betray your beliefs. And so again, another coaching moment, sit down and write down, when have I not respected myself? When have I not respected myself in regards to the way that I approach my health? When have I not respected myself in regards to the way that I spend money? When have I not respected myself with regards to the way that I talk to myself, you know, about myself and, and those types of things. And so when you don't practice self-respect, it's also going to be difficult to practice mutual respect because you don't even respect yourself all of the time. And healthy relationships require self-love. So not only do you have love for the other person, but you also have self-love. I actually read a quote the other day from um, Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa in Game of Thrones, and she's married to one of the Jonas brothers. And she said there was a point in, in their relationship where he told her 
that we can't do this until you love yourself. Like I cannot see you love me more than you love yourself. You need to love yourself because as beautiful as she was and talented as she was and as compatible as they were, he saw a deficit in her in the way that she treated herself and the way that she talked about herself and the things that she did that did not reflect someone who loved themselves. And so you have to have self-love because if you don't love yourself, you will throw yourself head over heels into this other person like it's like they're your savior like they're your project like they're your life's mission and that ain't the book that is not the bible the bible does not say that in any way shape or form okay and i'm not going to get into all the intricacies of what the bible says about marriage and what have you i'm just talking about healthy relationships in general you have to know your value you have to know your worth coming into it because if you don't you will tolerate all kinds of who shot John and shuck and jive. So that is a, in a nutshell, that is a healthy, loving relationship versus say companionship. Now companionship is a whole different bag. Companionship is a plus one. P companionship is, hey, let's go to the movies and or this new art exhibit or let's go out for a drink or let's go hiking in the mountains or, or to that comedy show or to this cooking class, you know. A companion is if you are enjoying one another's company, you're having stimulating conversations, you know, you're, you're keeping it light, no strings attached, no commitments, no expectations. Now, let's be clear. This is not friends with benefits. Okay. This ain't, this ain't, okay. This is not where we have this companionship and then you getting some extra gratuities because that ain't the Bible either. But basically it is hey, we hanging out and when it's all over, goodbye, get out. Like that's what that is. And it requires minimal effort, you know, to be a companion. You know, think about it. Dogs don't have to work to be a companion. You know, they just sit around and, you know, lick your face and, and play around and, and keep you company. You know, like that's what companions do. And there is a world of difference between companionship and relationship. Now, I personally, at this stage in my life, I'm a great companion. You want to go out and hang out and, you know, have a drink, do whatever. Great. Let's do it. And when it's all over, peace out. Holla at you until next time. Get home safely. Beep, beep. Like that is that is where I am versus a relationship because a healthy relationship requires work, 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 work. Like, a, oof, listen, a relationship is work. And I will tell you something. The biggest work, the greatest work, the most significant work is the work that you do on yourself, full stop. Which brings us to uh, self-reflection. So more times than not, people think that the work of the relationship is the work of quote unquote changing the other person or trying to get the other person to act right and to do right and to be right and all of that. No, the bulk of the work in the relationship is changing yourself because you can't change anybody else. Okay, the Bible says that we ought to practice what? Self-control, not control over other people. And so if that's the work that you're doing, your relationship is hell and you are unhappy and you are miserable and you are bitter and you are resentful because you are coming to the realization that Jesus changes hearts and minds, not you. And if it requires Jesus, what chance do you think that you possibly have to change 
another person. That's God's work. It's not your work. That that's that's the work of the Lord. Now that is the work of the Lord. <laughs> In the words of Miss Charlene, that is the work of the Lord. That is not your job to be changing other people, but it is your job to work on yourself. And so all of this dear future husband, all that business. You tell me, the man that you want to date, the man that you want to marry, would that man date you? Would that man be interested in you? Do you possess the competencies and the characteristics of the kind of man that you keep dear future husbanding about, okay? And, you know, not to say that that men don't have this dream about their future wives, but them ain't the ones I see on social media. Like, I never see dear future wife on social media, but it's always dear future husband. And I just want to know, would that man date you? Have you done that work on yourself? Not in preparation to be his wife, but in preparation of just becoming the kind of woman that you want to be in the world of showing up and being that person. Are you the person that you present on social media or are you a completely different person offline? Do you possess the competencies that are necessary to be in a healthy relationship? And my truth is I do not. I do not. I do not. And it's not because I'm not loving and it's not because I'm not caring and it's not because I'm not smart and it's not because I don't love myself, but a healthy relationships. Okay, so now we're about to dig deep into my truth. So this is where you might want to grab the drink. A healthy relationship requires two things of which I have massive deficits. And those two things are emotional availability and vulnerability. I am massively deficient in emotional availability and vulnerability. I am probably one of the most emotionally unavailable people I know. It is excruciatingly difficult to get close to me and many have tried and failed. It is like trying to scale the Citadel. It's like trying to get into Fort Knox. Like my emotional lockdown game is so strong. Like it is the stuff of legend and it's extremely toxic and unhealthy. I completely will acknowledge that in myself. But it's very hard to get close to me. It's why when I watch television, I relate and always love the characters like the Arya Starks or the Sherlock Holmes or the Dr. Greg House because these are people that are brilliant at their craft, but they keep people at a distance. They keep their emotions at bay. And it manifests itself in some really toxic ways. I mean, you know, Arya's going around just killing people, okay? <laughs> Know, like that's just who that's what she's become you know as a result of being able to be emotionally disconnected from people and it's not that she doesn't love deeply and it's not that she doesn't love passionately and it's not that she doesn't love her family but she does keep those emotions at bay and I live by the phrase I live by the phrase do not give people the bullets to shoot you with which is what vulnerability is vulnerability is willingly trustingly voluntarily giving somebody the bullets to shoot you down with. And I know that sounds like a really unhealthy description, but I'm telling you where I am. Hence the reason why I'm not in a relationship. And as much as I am called and committed to doing for others, and I am equally committed to self-preservation, like it is my life's goal to positively impact the lives of a million people before I die. And if God gifts me 
the tools and the privilege and the time to do that to God be the glory. That's what I want to do with my life. I am so committed to that. It is so clear. Like that is my life's purpose. And it took me a while to figure that out. And I put a number on it, but you know, the number is relative. It's kind of like in the Bible where Jesus is like, forgive your neighbor 70 times seven. Like that's not an actual hard number, but it's basically like that is the way that I want to positively impact people's lives on that scale. So it's not so much numeric as it is symbolic. But as committed as I am to that, I am also committed to my own self-preservation. I am very controlling and not in a micromanaging sort of way, like what you're doing, where you're going, where you at. I mean, because I'm an introvert. So do you, boo, go, go, go live your life. But I am controlling in a, I don't trust you with my destiny sort of way. And so that's hard for me to relinquish that. And remember when I said in a healthy relationship, you have to be willing to partner. You have to be willing to let somebody else drive the car from time to time and trust that they're going to lead you someplace that's positive and beneficial. That is my struggle. And that is my struggle because it is rooted in a childhood of abuse. And so I've been really transparent about growing up in a really abusive household. And for me, when you see your mother go through the things that my mother went through, what that taught me was do not become emotionally compromised because when you become emotionally compromised, somebody will come out the bag on you and then they got you. You know, they're, they're wiping the floor with you. So do not become emotionally compromised. There was a movie and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to butcher this quote, but it was a movie called Heat with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. And Robert De Niro was the bad guy in it. And he said, never get too attached to anything that you can't drop in a heartbeat when the heat is on that's who I am. That's, that's how I've been. Okay. And it's terrible. That is like a recipe for disaster in a relationship. And the thing is, is that people will say, when you tell people like who you are, there's always that, that captain save us somebody that just wants to come along and say, Oh, you just need love. And I'm going to love you back to health. And I'm going to love you back to life. No, that is not your job. Remember, the Bible says practice self-control. So if you want to love somebody, you love yourself. Okay, you, you do for you. But it is not a man's job to come along and love me back to anything. That is the work that I have to do. That's the expense that I incur in therapy. That is has to be the work that, that, that me and God do, that spiritual inner work. And the thing is, is that what Maya Angelou says, when somebody tells you, who they are, you have to believe them. You have to believe them. So why am I sharing this with you? I'm sharing this with you because I recently watched uh, Brene Brown's special on Netflix and it's fabulous. You should watch it. But something that she said hit me like a brick in the face and I said, that is it right there. She said, stop working your shit out on other people. Okay, stop working your sh out on other people. Many of us have these deficits. Okay, many of us have these deficits that are rooted and come from bad places in our lives or in our childhoods and things like that. And so, because we do that, or because we have these deficits, sometimes many of us, too many of us, get the idea that the way to resolve those deficits is to get into a relationship and work things through with that person. No, 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 no. You have taken your broken shackled foolishness and now you've dumped it on somebody else's lap and now you want them to contend with your broken shackled foolishness. Get your broken shackled foolishness together first before you go trying to hop into a relationship with somebody else. That's not fair to them. And I will say this, 
Now, I do believe in love. I do believe in marriage, you know, but for me, I love that person, that future person, whoever they are, enough not to inflict myself upon him as I am. I love that person who I don't know who, don't know when, don't know where, but I love that person enough. And I understand the components of a healthy relationship enough to know that if I offered myself to that person or made myself available to that person in the state that I am in, it would ruin him. It would break his heart. It would shudder him. And that is wrong. That's just wrong. You know, too often we kind of build ourselves up and say, hey, I'm ready for this. I can take this on. You know, let's hop into a relationship. Let's do this. Let's be bada bada boot up. Let's not be boot up. Okay. Like, like let's not do that unless you've done that work. And like I said, that work isn't necessarily for the other person. That work is for you. So you can show up in the world and be who God has called you to be and be the person that you want to be in and to be able to walk into integrity, which brings us to last but not least reciprocity. You cannot ask for or expect anyone else to be something that you are not willing to give and be period hard stop. That's the end of it. More times than not, we want the love and we want the honesty and we want the emotional availability and we want to be able to look through their phones and, and, and if that's what you want to do, you know, but you don't want to give that. You don't want to give that. You expect things from people that you are not willing to give. You know, there's a verse in the Bible, actually two verses down from the one that I read at the beginning that says that a man who desires friends must show of himself friendly. And so if you are projecting fear and insecurity and distrust and resentments and bitterness from your childhood and things like that, what do you think you are going to attract? If you're projecting that, what do you think that you're going to attract? That energy that, that you put into those things, the energy that you're giving to bitterness, the energy that you're giving to resentment, the energy that you're giving to unresolved childhood hurts or, or emotional traumas in years past, the energy that you give to that, you are going to take yourself with you into every single relationship that you endeavor to do, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's a professional relationship, you cannot get away from yourself. And so you have to do that work. And so right now I'm working, I'm working on myself. I am the priority. I am my priority. I love myself enough not to want to inflict myself in those, in that broken state of emotional unavailability and unwillingness to be transparent and vulnerable. I love myself enough and people in my life enough to, to want to do that work. And I'm going to tell you something. It's hard work and it's not overnight work. It, it makes you face things that you don't want to face and it makes you change things that are hard to change. But in order for me to be the best possible version of myself, that is what is required. Okay. So thank you for letting me take you down my street and, and for be, being willing to sit on my pew. I hope that this enlightened you in some way. Please do your own work. You know how like when you were like third or fourth grade, and they said you'd like keep your eyes on your own paper, do, do your own work. Don't be so focused on somebody else's shortcomings that you have overlooked your own. Okay. And it doesn't mean that when you get yourself quote unquote perfect, then you will be willing, you know, and able and available to get into a relationship because nobody is perfect. And then here's the icing on the cake for me. Okay. Here, here is the, the top of the top. The work that I'm talking about doing 
is a tremendous undertaking. It it requires tears. It requires sacrificing companionship for nights where I'm alone and by myself so that I don't create false expectations or lead somebody on a bridge to nowhere when I know good and well I'm not invested. So that requires a lot of work and it requires a lot of sacrifice. But here's the deal. Do you think that I would do all of that work and then engage with somebody who has not even acknowledged that there's work to do. See, that 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 works both ways. So the thing is, is that for you to do all that work, don't get into a relationship with somebody who has not done the work. You know, I, as an introvert, as, as a child coming up, I always hated those small group projects because it was always somebody who didn't do their work. And the rest of the group suffered because somebody else didn't do their part. It's not that the expectation was for the entire group to do a ton of work. The the goal was that each person has a part to do. And if each person does their part, then it will make the facilitation of the project successful. It will it will ensure that everybody has a successful outcome. Well, listen, if you've done your work and now you've yoked up with somebody that hasn't done their work, you are going to be miserable. So the selection process means a lot here and it's easy to ascertain whether or not somebody has done the work and the way that they communicate and the way that they address conflict and the way that they have set goals and visions for themselves and not just set a goal and a vision, but put seeds in the ground and you start to see the root and the sprout, you know, of somebody who has, has tilled that soil and, and, and cultivated and nurtured that gift. Like, the Bible says that the, the fruits of the spirit are evident. They're obvious. Okay. You're not going to have to look for them or scratch your head and be like, Hmm, I wonder, no, when somebody has done the work, the kind of work that I'm talking about on themselves, it is evident and it is manifest. And so don't go and do all this work and then hook yourself up with somebody who has been cliff noting it and cheat sheeting it and, and, and half way doing and shucking and jiving their way through in and out relationships. Somebody who, when they get hurt in a relationship, they feel like the best way to get over somebody is to get underneath somebody and just hopping around, you know, not dealing with their mess. Don't get with that person and don't be that person. Okay. Okay. Now I'm done for real. Okay. I love you so much. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, and I know y'all about to hit me up on, on the Twitter and on the, in, in, on the Instagram and in my inbox and in my emails, bring it on because I love to hear from you and I always respond. And if you have not subscribed to all the goodies that I have at readytobelieve.com, get yourself over there and make sure that you do that as well. And I will see you next time.